You are listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. It's all over now, baby blue. I'm back. I'm in the snow. I'm in the gray. I'm in the sparse trees, and I'm sitting here at the waterfront of Brooklyn, New York, and I'm coming to you live and saying hello. So I had a bit of a flight coming home. I flew, I think it was 18 hours from Taipei, Taiwan, and I came back into JFK about 6.30. I unfortunately had to go to a wake. A friend of mine... uh, passed away unfortunately so I had to go to a wake in Brooklyn yesterday Uh, but this is life this is the cycle of life things I saw in Southeast Asia I think will stay with me for a long time as I come back here the long sunsets and the dusty roads and people on mopeds going by I'll start living in memory right and so isn't that interesting about travel is that real time in the moment you're looking saying wow i am walking around in a memory that i will be having in just days from now so i've come back i toured southeast asia with my guitar i did that i'm proud of myself for that i have to give love and respect to dave fernandez um, we went there, as I, I documented in my creative writing piece, we went there with his father, Tony Fernandez, who is a Vietnam veteran who was stationed in Vietnam in 1969, I believe. And it was quite fascinating to take a, a boat with him um, through the Mekong Delta and discuss with him what it was like being there. And he, it was fascinating getting his insight. We went down... Um, we, we went down through the Mekong Delta and it was a deep green color, like a fascinatingly deep green. And it's funny when you see stuff like this because you realize that you've seen this stuff in films, right? Because, you know, Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket, Platoon. There's a brilliant fella out there named Damien Kilroy and his father, Michael. Damien owns a bar. He also um, put on a, f- a festival called the Coracle Festival and uh, treated us like royalty, like rolled out, just w- had great ideas about places to go. We had wonderful shows with him. I played, I think I did three sets in his bar. Uh, f- just wonderful guy. What makes Damien really special is that Damien was one of the very few British people to ever reach out to my first band, Pela. And he talked about coming to the UK, and we couldn't even believe it. We were like, wow, is this possible? There's another land. I felt like Magellan. <laughs> uh, he was wonderful to us. And so meeting him in person, like his memories of songs and EPs and tours and stuff that I was up to at that, uh, at the, you know, back in the Pela era, was wonderful to connect with someone who has been, been checking in and following what I've been up to for kind of last 15 years. So... And his father is an absolute gent. So I imagine Vietnam in the 1920s and 30s and 40s. I imagine rickshaws. I imagine people in silk garments and thin canvas 
pants and I, I imagine like kind of the, the change that it's gone through. Uh, when I was with Tony and we were looking at basically that place is completely crawling with mopeds everywhere. Tony was talking about the difference in mopeds and what they looked like back then. And, um, the differences now, I mean, I saw entire families on mopeds. Mopeds are kind of like the oxen of yesteryear. They're like these, like these little machines that like carry entire families. I saw people with like massive bags of grain, um, transporting it via moped. I saw babies on mopeds. It's, and you know, really similar to when I was in, um, in Cartagena, Colombia last summer or this past summer, same thing. And I think that's a really cool thing about the third world is smell of exhaust, smell of sewage, the sun, the soot, the humidity, it's in your nails. You're walking around, it's in between your toes. It just sits upon your skin and rests on your shoulders. Um, Cambodia was amazing. Really sweet guy. We played the German art center there in uh, Phnom Penh, Cambodia. A fellow by the name of Joe Wrigley was a, a wonderful fella, um, also from England. Stoke-on-Trent, right? Uh, did I pronounce it correct? <laughs> anyway, Joe, Joe was wonderful, um, Joe Wrigley, and he was a promoter and he just rolled it out. Wonderful sound man. I played there and there, you know, I gotta talk a little bit about expats. What an interesting tribe. I gotta be honest, man, I feel like it might be my tribe. Like I love expats because um, they've pushed themselves to go somewhere new. They've assessed where they're from. They set out to, to live life a little bit differently, a little outside the box. And I just really always appreciate it. Usually they're a bit older. I appreciate the conversations that I've had. Irishmen, Scotsmen, Australians, Kiwis, South Africans, Englishmen. Um, it was just wonderful to sit and chat with people in a reflective period of their life and accepting that there's no damn traffic light, <laughs> that it might take 45 minutes to get a coffee, uh, for the coffee to come back after you order it. There's just an acceptance, like a, like a gradual, like a kind of a quiet stoicism or patience that people have. And, and I, I really was thinking a lot about expats, like I, actually how much I dug them. Canadians, I met a lot of Canadians actually. And, you know, doing a lot of bits on stage, it was, it was fun. Um, Trump. Wow. I don't really like to waste my breath on that dude, but while I was abroad, he did his, um, so his Rocky Balboa Photoshop tweet. And, uh, <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. He keeps calling Kim Jong-un rocket man and rocket man's calling him like all these names. And this guy's just going after people. Like, I mean, what an embarrassment what an embarrassment, not just as an American, but as like a person, a part of a world community. Like this guy is not going to leave this earth without making a ruckus and what a ruckus he is making. Okay, let's take a short break. When we come back, I did a creative writing piece and I wanted to read that to you. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been spending the last few years doing quite a bit of writing, and I, I thought it would be nice to read you my reflections on Cambodia. 
We'll be right back in a moment. And we're back. I'm sitting looking out my back window. Wow, it is pretty gray out there. I'm still wearing my flip-flops that carried me around Southeast Asia the past couple weeks, and it is, wow. Every, it's like a spectrum, right? Like every place, it, it elicits like a response from inside of you. And as I sit here, I, I think of old-timey shipyards and dock workers, and think of World War II and Ellis Island. I think of boxing announcers. I think of the war effort. I think of the coastline in Staten Island and Italians. I think of the Irish. I, th I see tugboats. I think of tugboat captains. I think of the Eastern seaboard, the Atlantic. I see seagulls and I think of Philadelphia and Boston and all these seaside towns and what it meant for immigrants to come here and with rugged hands, toil and labor, making a life for their family. Anyways, I wanted to go ahead and read you something. Uh, for me, it was, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's just me like kind of reflecting a little bit on uh, what I just went through. And, you know, uh, trigger warning, some of, the, some of the subject matter here is uh, not gentle, so just please be aware. Um, it delves, we're delving into kind of some dicey stuff, um, that I didn't anticipate. So I, whenever I travel, I kind of just kind of parachute in there, um, and go. And this, uh, story is called Holiday in Cambodia. The first time I ever heard Cambodia was on a tape of the punk bad Dead Kennedys when I was a kid in California. Holiday in Cambodia. This is a deeply complex place. I've been sitting here trying to figure out where to begin with my story for you today. And so much is swirling around inside me that I don't think it really matters where and what I start with. Firstly, greetings from Phnom Penh, Southeast Asia, formerly French Indochina. I leave tomorrow and this has been a tremendous event in my journey as a musician that I'm going to look back on for the rest of my life. I played with everything inside me here and I'm proud of that. It's been a long, dusty trail to get here, and that has invigorated my spirit greatly. So what can I say about this land? I can say that there's literally towers built to the heavens here, intricate, soaring gestures to God, monks praying, adorned in holy robes and beggars begging. The nights throb with foreign techno spilling out of humid, cramped bars, aggressive tuk-tuk taxi men, and homeless dogs roam the streets amongst neon signs in disrepair. There is heaviness here. Pervasive and accepted exploitation of women and children is rife. As much as it hurts to say it, I've seen people here reduced to animals. But it isn't always Cambodians reeling from poverty. It's often Western men acting like animals, exploiting the unfairly stacked deck thrust upon these people and joining in the ruckus. Sex is everywhere, and I cannot tell you how many times I saw men in their late 60s with girls that were 22 years old or younger. 
Many of these women have children back in their villages and are working off tremendous fees imposed upon them by traffickers. And it takes a lot to get that sting out of my head here. I've buried myself in photos mostly. You turn a corner and you're hit with it again and again. Shockingly, it's not uncommon to physically be touched here. Grunts, loud noises, people gesturing wildly to get your attention, tugging at your sleeve, yelling something about blowjobs as girls sitting in plastic lawn chairs giggle roadside. Traffic is a wheezing, tangled symphony of humans and machinery. The streets have sagging telephone poles that look like massive hives of clandestine, illegally hung electrical wire. Much of the city loses power frequently, as I've been told by locals, and it isn't uncommon that you see families of four on a moped. I've never seen an infant on a motorcycle until I came here. Everything here is aggressive and passive at the same time. I've never seen such pure smiles in all of my life, the kind of smiles that come from deep behind the eyes, from good souls, from soot, labor, from God and the sun. And then there's the business of surviving. These are calluses, thick protective layers that have grown over the wounds of a people. On the surface is a cat and mouse game. They need money and we have it. Some people that come here do the right thing. Some try to help. Some are here to work for NGOs or just simply tourists, but painfully, yes, others take advantage of this. And it catches you howling from hollow eyes after midnight. The swirl of it all fades into the grit, the dusty roads and the wafting sewers, as you stare down at your beard doing some badly needed toughening up. There goes a skinny dog with mange on his butt. There goes a boy on his bicycle. There goes a schoolgirl. And there goes a mango cart. And then there's a smell of incense. It's like a momentary reminder of our higher selves, our potential to not live with balled up fists, but to remember that there might indeed be something higher than us. I'd be lying to you if I told you I understood Buddhism, but with the scenes I've just described, this place rests heavy, humid through mildewy window panes, and devils and dust can weigh down. And there I was, I found myself appreciating the serenity of the incense here more maybe anywhere than ever, savoring in this fact something so simple as incense. I can tell you exactly where the economy is going. It's going to China, Honduras, Guatemala, Cambodia, Vietnam, and any other place you can pay people peanuts and have them work like dogs. Henry Rollins. Henry's not wrong on this quote. The Chinese are coming, and they're coming in quick to invest, which is ironic because Chinese that lived here were slaughtered for simply being Chinese under the Khmer Rouge regime, as were the Vietnamese. Things are changing here in Southeast Asia. Levi's are now made here nowadays, and many Brits and Australians that struggle to afford home now retire here. The Pacific side of the world is a vast place, and it really has been refreshing to see the world from this geographical perspective. The South Pacific, Southeast Asia, islands, palm trees, breezes, smells, it hugs me like a blanket. As I mentioned before, there's quite a lot of scars still regarding the emotional and psychological trauma that I underestimated and is literally five feet from me outside my balcony. And I hope I don't sound like Angelina Jolie here. It's just, it's moving, deeply moving. And if I'm honest, 
I just sort of wandered into this environment and I'm just processing it all. At the risk of being too blunt, for some reason the world does not fairly acknowledge what has happened here in Cambodia. I have not felt these feelings since I was in Bosnia a couple years ago, but I can't get it out of my head. It's so seldom talked about. Genocide. Ethnic cleansing. Mass murder. All the same years John Travolta was disco dancing and Reggie Jackson was hitting home runs out of Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Estimates of 25% of the entire population of Cambodia was slaughtered during my lifetime. Tortured, abducted, raped, and imprisoned by the Khmer Rouge. Pol Pot. Not to mention the unfathomable amounts of bombs that the United States dropped on this country in the war. Estimates hover around 2.75 million tons, and warring factions placed millions of mines during nearly three decades of conflict in Cambodia. It's really a wonder these people have somehow even made it through. An estimated 4 million to 6 million landmines and other unexploded ordnance still remain in Cambodia for more than three decades of armed conflict. 15,000 to 20,000 people step on them, die, or maimed from them every single year. It's like the United States and Russia just moved on from the region and left these people to clean it up by themselves. A late afternoon breeze is blowing. I'm looking at the Mekong River. Merchants cruise ever so slowly in multicolored, cobbled-together barges as the deep green water glides underneath them. Piracy is actually a real problem here. Tourists are warned about it. Warned about taking to the river alone because of modern-day buccaneers. The Mekong extends 2,200 miles, which is damn near three-quarters of my country, although it might not be correct to say so. I think pirates are badass. I'd much rather be robbed by a pirate than a dude with a switchblade in an alley. I slowly drink the vista in with my eyes, back and forth, up and down the river, squinting, imagining traveling it from here to the pale blue horizon. An older, deeply tanned Cambodian gentleman, seemingly out of nowhere, came up to me. He asked me where I was from. Admittedly fatigued from batting away taxi drivers' shouts and merchants throughout the day, I waved them away in a sort of palms-up, weary, hello, but not right now, man, hand motion. He sat next to me and asked where I was from. I told him I was from New York City and mumbled some gibberish in a daze. What I didn't tell him was that today I saw 6,000 human skulls stacked in a genocide memorial, thousands of human teeth in an acrylic box full of bones, underage prostitutes last night, photos of child prisoners juxtaposed with Anglo doughy tourists from suburbs and church groups lowballing Cambodians that are just doing their best to carry on, and it all just hurt a little bit as I stared at the river. He smiled. You like Cambodia? I nodded slowly looking straight ahead without turning. I'm leaving tomorrow. Don't forget us, okay? Cambodia, good people. And before I could respond, he was gone. William McCarthy. Thank you guys for listening. Those are my reflections on Southeast Asia. I'm back. I got work to do. I am releasing some music for my Onward community exclusively for them and i've got to get to work on that release right now so onward i go back laptop open desktop here we go it's work time i am back love new york city i'm sending you guys my very best sunlight is poking through the clouds shining down on my backyard chin up i'll see you out there on the dusty trail 
You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City.